Welcome to Ministering Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Great. So just to start out, you, um, moments before we began, you said, I need a throat lozenge. Yes, I did. And then what did you You know what I found? Icebreakers. They are not a throat throat lozenge. They are breath mints. And you said that, that that's good enough, right? For the time being, it's good enough. Yeah, I feel like that's every ministry right now. Is it's like, well, this is good enough. This is good enough. Like we're all like kind of making compromises. Like it's not going to be as relational. It's not going to be as effective. But right now, it's good enough. Yeah, this will work. I want to say to you, Matt. I believe that God wants your throat to be fully lozenged. And I believe that the ministry leaders out there who are doing ministry, that God wants their ministry to be fully dynamic. Oh, my gosh. And not just a, a, a temporary fix that's good enough for right now. So I just want to start out by saying, like, Matt, you've got a temporary fix in there. Get it out of there and get a good throat lozenge. <laughs> I've got to tell you, the, the phrase fully lozenged, while there's nothing wrong with it, I don't like the way it sounds. There's nothing right with it either. Got it. Yeah, don't don't ever put that in God's God's uh, God wants my throat fully lozenged. Don't ever say that again, ever. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But anyways, he, I well, think that may be the first time I've gotten you to laugh out loud like that. That was a good laugh. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so moving on. Um, oh, man. Aside we are from starting that, off on like way too high of a note right now. <laughs> There's no recovery. It's downhill from here, ladies and gentlemen. You just pod the podcast now and just share your review. But hey, no, seriously, like I feel like there's a lot of compromise going on. But at the same time, there's there's passion and consolation that exists right now as well. And we wanted to talk about that through checking in one one thing with Matt and checking in one thing with myself. And so, uh, Matt, you... Uh, turned into a Catholic nerd recently. I did, and uh, and there's this passion behind it, and it's it's kind of unexpected. Now, don't get me wrong; I have a, a master's degree in theology, and there's aspects of it that are fascinating, but there's also aspects of that the theological pursuit that that feel like um, drudgery. Like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's a little the bit last more book I would pick up. <laughs> exactly. So, tell us about the book that is setting your life on fire right now. Well, it's interesting because like it actually comes out of woundedness or a wound, which I don't know if I've shared that with you or not. But I uh, I've been wrestling with and struggling with a uh, just my perception of the church in general, you know, and kind of been angry at the church or whatever. So is I that share this. started? Is that started with COVID? Was it pre-COVID? Uh, it's probably been brew- something brewing for some time. And to be honest, like to a certain degree, I'm sure that a blaze exists because of it. Like the church isn't doing this right and it makes me mad. So I'm going to do something about it and, and sure. try to fix it. Yeah. You know, and so um, it, it's been something that's probably been been there for some time. So I share this with my spiritual director and like any good spiritual director, he's going to, he or she is going to give you guidance on how to, how to fix that or like different things you need to do. So he, he basically challenged me and said, Matt, you need to fall in love with the church again. And I was like, oh, uh, you are probably right. <laughs> I do. And then it was like, huh, I wonder if I've ever been in love with the church. <laughs> you know, like, But it wasn't quite that bad. So then it was like, okay, well, like, I'm, I'm on this search to find something that's going to help me fall in love with the church again. And so I was asking different people like, if they knew of any resources, yada, yada, yada. 
Well, then, like our, our good friend over at what every is it Everyday Catholics, the Father Ryan Higdon, um, a former spiritual director of mine, um, he recommended a book to me, and it's called The Church of God and Jesus Christ, and it's a Catholic ecclesiology. And I was like, okay, cool, well, I'll pick it up. So I, I pick it up and I, and I look at it and I start reading it, and I'm reading a freaking textbook. <laughs> like, like it is a book that's meant for an a, a upper level, master's level. Um, or at least, you know, undergraduate level um, class in ecclesiology. And so uh-huh. I'm like reading a, a, a textbook. I never in my life thought that I would just pick up a textbook and start reading it. <laughs> I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm actually going, I'm halfway through it right now. And I've already texted a couple of friends of mine that are here local, that live here locally, that have master's degrees. And I've asked them to nerd out with me. <laughs> I said, hey guys, uh, are, are y'all interested in nerding out with me? Yeah. Um, and having like a little book study, you know, on this book, because I want like some of the stuff that's coming out of this, I, I want to bounce off of other people. I want to like wrestle with some of it um, and and talk through with other people that, I don't know, that that have theology degrees that can can wrestle with me at the same level, if that makes sense. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. I never thought that I would pick up a book on ecclesiology and, and just like not want to put it down. So what are some things that are like, whoa, or yes, or I'm falling in love with you, church? I, I think it's, it's definitely um, broadening my understanding of church in general. Um, it's giving me a, a lot more perspective on even just the study of ecclesiology. Like we, like the church herself hasn't done a whole lot of talking or thinking about who she is um, in like looking at the 2000 hist- year history of the church. This like the, the study of ecclesiology is something that's been like really dove into or like really looked at um, recently, like in the last 100, 200 years, people are actually looking at what is the, what is the church? What is the church? Whatever. Um, so that's really interesting to think that, huh? Like this, even just this thought has been not, it's re- relatively recent. Um, but then like it goes into like the the beginning of it starts off with like um, Israel. Um, and 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 so it's like not just church as in like what does the church look like in, in the year 2000? But it's like what has the church looked like over like her entire history, you know, before Jesus, right? Right. Um and so like uh, it's just like all of that is is really interesting and i like there are parts that i'm like ooh i want to underline that and like i'm going to underline it on my second pass through like i don't want to underline underline stuff on my first pass through because it's I, I don't know i feel like it's not going to be good enough like when i go through it the second time i'm really yeah there's there are phrases that i want to go back and underline it's like no 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 not yet not yet not yet well so so with with your approach coming in being i want to fall in love with the church but at the same time with that reality of woundedness, like I'm kind of bitter towards aspects of how this idea of church has been lived out. Like I could see you going through it and underlying it and being like, I'm going to use this as ammunition towards this priest, (laughs) or I can't wait to send this in an email and make this quote. You know what I mean? Like I can see how justified I am, but instead you're actually falling in love with the church as opposed to getting ammunition to be like, this is where the church should be. These are the documents that talk about that reference in this textbook. And this is where the church is. And the gap between those two is reason for my bitterness. Yeah. That's not happening, which is, I I was actually kind of surprised. There are things that I've read that it definitely like kind of makes my, the hair on my back stand up a little bit. Cause I'm like, I, I, I'm like, yeah, see that, that definitely is there. Um, but there's some other things like that's just kind of broadening 
my idea of I don't know some of the like some of what we can do and, I, and like there are some <laughs> there are other ideas that are brewing in my head because of this book that I'm not going to share on the podcast I'm not going to share with you until I actually like wrestle with them a little bit more you know because I, I just see so much freaking potential for what we can do as church um, like they, they there's this whole section um, in there about the Protestant Reformation and and our relationship with Protestant and Protestants and, and stuff like that and it's just it's fascinating and it's got me really really thinking about like what what can we do like there's and so anyway, I'm not going to dive into it, like, but it's, uh, it's, it's giving me like I, the Holy Spirit is definitely giving me some inspirations for some other things, but, uh, I want to temper that with, and I mean, I want to temper that with, I don't know, discernment because yeah, you're an activator exactly. and you no, read a line I, and you want to oh, go absolutely. in. Yeah. It's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so here, here's, here's what I would say. I don't um, want to temper the Holy spirit. That's not, I don't want to get that across, but I want to temper my reaction to what the Holy spirit might be trying to do. Yes. There's this word prudence that came up in my life earlier this week <laughs> because of you. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's tempering. It's not the same as, um, uh, resonating. You want it yep. to resonate a little bit longer so that yep. you can act accordingly. And yep. so, so one, one piece I'm hearing, and I think this is one of the reasons why Ablaze Ministries was really founded, the idea that church isn't just meant to serve herself, mm-hmm. but that even in regards to the relationship with our Protestant brothers and sisters, like our church exists as a, uh, as a, a means of salvation for those even outside of her walls. Well, and that's the like well, the interesting thing, and I, I want to go back and look at this section. Like, in one sense, there is no one that's outside of the church. Like, in a certain sense, no one is outside of the church. Um, and not and even so, unbaptized. There's correct. an argument that okay, yeah, you know, and just in 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 a certain sense, you know, and so um, it uh, like just that thought of us being focused on ourselves. It's like you know, stop it, like stop it. You know, in in the last little section that I read was uh and this is something that's like i I won't say new but it is definitely an emphasis you know on evangelization it's like if a church isn't evangelizing if they're just focusing on themselves they they have abandoned their mission but but they've not just abandoned their mission but they've lost who they are yeah absolutely yeah 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 but but the flip side is is if no one is outside of the church then everyone should be tithing I found the loophole. This is <laughs> I, this is how this is how the pastor that's struggling financially is like. Wait a minute, even non parishioners should be tithing because there's no one outside the church. And Matt's banging his head against the book, saying that's not what it meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, well, good. It. It's and, yeah. And I, it's weird to to be so excited about. <laughs> how is it impacting you as a ministry leader? That that's the other piece because it sounds like it's a, a personal and uh, and and kind of healing journey or whatever, but you've invited other people into this dialogue, yeah. which means that there's something about mission in, in yourself that it's it's resonating with as well. Yeah. I, as I started reading it, like the in my spiritual director kind of challenged at the very beginning is like, he's like, pay attention. Like there may be a workshop in this. There may be a talk in this. There may be something that you need to um, take to the larger church um, from this. And that's been something that has like, that I'm sitting in and I'm like, I, I am not the only lay minister or even the only minister in, in, in the Catholic church that, that has dealt with feelings of frustration, you know, towards the church for whatever reason. Um, and you know, doubt or, um, 
I don't know, despair and stuff like this. It, like there was, I mean, there, was, there are points or there have been points when I'm like, no matter what I do, nothing's going to change. Like in 10 years, no one's going to notice a difference, you know? Helplessness. So, yeah. This, that helplessness. And, um, and so I think that a lot of what's coming from or what, what is going to come from this book and what is, is already coming is something that is going to be <laughs> like, like something that every minister is going to need to hear what the church is, who the church is, you know, how we view the church. And I think that there's a, I don't know, there's a healing there that God wants to, I don't know, provide or maybe even offer through, through me, you know, through this book or whatever, um, that, uh, that every ministry leader needs to hear. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a redemption or reclaiming of true identity that people have a difficult time articulating and one of those people being Matt Rice in the last <laughs> 10 minutes of our episode. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to articulate and to be able to clearly say, like, we have a church that is made for mission. Everyone's like, yes. And then Tuesday comes around and you're just checking emails and trying to figure out how how to make Zoom a little bit more attractive to uh, to mm-hmm. the people who are going to be on it. And you're like, what? this doesn't feel like the made for mission. Like, how do I how do I navigate this? What does it truly mean to articulate that we were made for mission? Because catechesis is a part of our mission, mm-hmm. but in a lot of parishes, it becomes the totality or the main front of the mission, yep. right? And uh, at least in regards to ministry leadership, because we take the liturgy and we, we say those with those with ordained hands are the ones that are in charge of the liturgy. All these different pieces that probably are all these different rabbit holes, but if catechesis is truly effective, it needs to be at the service of the liturgy, but at the same time, it seems like there's a disconnect because sometimes the priests are so busy doing some of these things that they don't even get to have an impact on the catechesis outside of an opening prayer at the beginning of a parents meeting or something like that. And now it's all digital, you know? And so, so it's just, a, it, there, there's this tension. And I think articulating that tension clearly, because people feel it, it's a feeling right now, they feel it, but they don't know how to, how to put it into words and then to yeah. reorder, go back. And it's kind of like on our wedding anniversary, when we, when we watch our, uh, our wedding video, we had a little videographer at our wedding and we watched that wedding video and we get back to our roots. It's like, you're reading the wedding video of the, uh, of the church right now. And you're yeah. like, yes, this is the love. This is the beauty. This is the mission. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to Israel. It goes all the way back to, to, yeah. to, to the old covenants, you know, and, and things of that nature. And I think that, you know, some of the stuff that we've dealt with over the last 40 years with the scandal, like in some of the, like with, with the various scandals, um, and even with the misunderstanding of Vatican II, like in a lot of the stuff that has happened since then, um, there's a, a lot of people have left the church um, because they're, they, they don't understand her, they don't love her, um, whatnot. And I think that there's uh, a lot that, that can and needs to be done. To, to heal that, to, to reinvigorate that. Yeah. So Chris, what about you? Let's check in with you. Check in because with me. Life is changing. Your world is getting flipped upside down. Yeah. So at time of recording, um, actually by the time this podcast is, is released, I will be uh, transitioned from a parish to a blaze ministries full time. Right. And so I lead up, I, I'll be the, the vice president, which I'm telling people, it's just easier to say I'm the director of Next Level Ministry. I founded Next Level Ministry. Yeah. And the Ablaze structure has Matt Rice as the president of Ablaze Ministries, plural, Ablaze Ministries. One of those ministries is Next Level Ministry. And that's the ministry that pours into those that pour into others. We build ministry leaders, right? Yep. And so I can't be the president of Next Level Ministry 
because the organization already has a presence. So I'm vice president of Next Level Ministry and the founder. And that just sounds weird. I don't know if it sounds weird to you to be like founder and vice president. You're like, what happened? You know, um, but it's just an organizational That's structure funny. thing. So so I'll be moving full time into that role, um, which I've been doing kind of part time along the way for the last five years. Um but it's exciting. But I've been nine years at the parish that I'm transitioning away from. Mm-hmm. And uh, and these last couple of weeks have been hard, grieving, kind of leaving, and kind of, um, especially in the fact that you don't get to say goodbye in person right now because of the pandemic. And the pandemic took that away from me, but I still feel God calling me to step out of the boat. And he just is like, but P.S., there's going to be a few waves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever calls us to step out of the boat on calm waters. I think Jesus is yeah. always calling us to step out of the boat. And so when you're when you're trying to innovate or be dynamic or um, approach a problem in a new way, if there's not some resistance, right? At Pentecost, they, they, they asked the disciples if they had been drinking too much new wine. They accused them of being drunk. When Peter stepped out of the water, there were waves and he started sinking. Like, I think that... Uh, when he stepped out of the boat, not out of the water. But I think that all of it comes to where there's going to be some some healthy conflict, some tension um, when we take that risk because it steps us outside of ourself to where we can't just do it on our own, but we have to have Christ be present too. And so I've had to grieve some things. I've had to mourn some things. Um, and a lot of it is in regards to saying goodbye. This is not how I wanted to say goodbye and end everything. But I look back and uh, and I've been getting some emails. And in my nine years there, there were probably two or three years that just felt like they were just meh years, mm, you know, yeah. just like kind of, well, that that seemed like an off year or that wasn't, that that didn't feel like peak performance or in regards to uh, ministry leadership or, or... It was good enough. It was maybe. good enough, just like your throat just lozenge. Just like my mint. <laughs> it felt that way, right? And I'm, 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 I'm sending out some digital goodbyes, email goodbyes and things like that. And I'm getting these messages back and it's like, hey, Chris, you know, four years ago when blah, 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 it really not just changed my my son or daughter, but it changed our family. Thank mm. you so much. And I'm like, I had written that year off as a meh year. You know what I mean? Like, it, that but was a it, good enough year. That was just a good enough year. But apparently, it was like the most impactful year in the life of some of the teens and some of the parishioners. And it's beautiful to see that reality. And that's why I wanted to share it here on our show today, is because we're we're fumbling around trying to figure out how to do ministry better. And some of us might have been coming off of a year that wasn't didn't feel like it was the best. God is still effective. God is still effective in your ministry. God is still effective in you. And in spite of the shortcomings that you have, like that's the deal, right? God came down. It's not that he came down to hang out with all these perfect people. He came down to redeem these people that were in need of redemption. So the fact that we stumble along, like that's part of the agreement. Like that's why we need Jesus. And so uh, some of those years that I felt like were just kind of Chris was not as a peak performance or whatever, um, ministry wise, are some of the years where Jesus really stepped in and the Holy Spirit kind of carried that year in a bigger way. So instead of it being 90% Chris, 10% Holy Spirit, it was like 90% Holy Spirit and 10% Chris. That's always going to be a better year in ministry. Amen. It doesn't feel like it though. And so if you're going through that difficult time, especially as, as this pandemic creates all these other pain points, like, oh, I'm just, now I have to minister to parents in a more effective way. And I was always really good with the teens. That's something I went through, you know, or man, digital technology. But I, I started out ministry doing literal clip art, not like Googling it, <laughs> but like I had a book in my first yeah. year of ministry to oh, make yeah. flyers where Me I would too. cut it out and you had to find the right type of masking tape so you didn't get a glare from the copy machine, yep. like all these different things, right? And uh, 
I, I have no idea how I got onto this tangent. Where I don't know thought, either. Train but. of thought go. Um, <laughs> oh, because it's outside of our skill set. Uh, but guess who isn't outside of our skill set? The Holy Spirit. And guess who is also outside of our skill set? Like the Holy Spirit is where we cannot reach. Hmm. And the Holy Spirit is also within us to help us reach farther than we thought we could. And those affirmation emails that I've received over the last couple of weeks have really gone a long way to... Um, to bring some healing to that tension that I felt like, oh, like every year wasn't a home run or, oh, I'm leaving, but I don't get to say that adequate goodbye. And it's like God is telling me, like, you are still worthy. Your ministry was still effective. And I was still present through it all. So step out of the boat like I asked you to. I got this. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful and humbling reality. Is it, is it like God saying you're good enough? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you and those throat lozenges. Okay. It is not like God saying you're good enough. It is like God saying that we. it was never your ministry. It was always yeah. ours. Yeah. And if you can look back and see, okay, the last nine years, I walked radically with Jesus and with a team of people who also, they weren't walking with me. They were walking with Jesus. Mm. And if they were following me, it's because they saw me following Jesus and there was something attractive about that. And now as I walk away, the attractiveness of Jesus remains, and they're going to still follow after Christ in the midst of that. You know, and I'm not worried. We've got a great team of people that are going to carry it on. We've got a lot of core team volunteers that are like, how can we figure this out and take it one next step forward, you know? Um, But but for me to look back and be like, you know, and there have been bombs. Like I did this icebreaker that involved popsicle sticks and blah, blah, blah. And it had like 42 different steps to it. And in my mind, it was like the ultimate icebreaker. It was just confusing. And people were standing around with popsicle sticks. And they finally just started like hitting each other with them. And I was like, that's a better icebreaker. Like hit each other with popsicle sticks. This is a better icebreaker than, than, than the one that I came up with. And I mean, we get like 16 boxes, which is like 40,000 popsicle sticks. Oh you know gosh. what I mean? And it was it was it was a disaster. So I'm not saying that that like, oh, and the Holy Spirit was there and that icebreaker changed lives. No, that icebreaker totally bombed. <laughs> but the whole year wasn't defined by a bad icebreaker. Mm-hmm. The whole semester wasn't defined by a couple of talks that I missed I missed on or, or or leaders that I didn't adequately prepare or something like that. And yet I look back and I'm like, uh, there was tension in regards to this and I don't know if I navigated it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like it's okay. I navigated it perfectly because I'm perfect. Like, just keep following me, Chris, and know that your history is also co-authored by me. Yep. There's something profound about that reality when we get discouraged in ministry to remember that. And so I guess it's kind of going back to the roots like you did with the uh, eschatological, is that right? Ecclesiological. There I, you go. Whatever. Yeah. The <laughs> ecclesiology. Yeah, yeah, but the ecclesiology is going back to the roots you get to fall in love with again, and the roots of a ministry leader are, is, whatever, vocab, um, the roots of the, uh, remain in Christ no matter what, yep. and so our worst efforts are better than no effort at all as long as Christ is with us, and so don't give up, don't quit, stay in there. I know it's hard, ministry leaders, and when and if, no, it's a win, it's not an if, you are going to get discouraged along the way. Know that I received some healing on that discouragement this week, as people were telling me, and they were pointing literally to my pain points. Four years ago, this is what happened, and my daughter transformed, and our family transformed because of it, and I'm just like, Four years ago was like the low point. If you looked at a graph like that was the dip, man, that was the big dip. And they're like, that was that was the highlight of my my daughter's kind of faith conversion. I'm just like, Jesus, you're so good to me. So Jesus yeah. is so good to me, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, that's fun. I, I, I want, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be fodder for more podcasts, you know, with this transition that you're going through. Um, I know that there are ministry leaders out there that um, have left something good to move on to something else that's good or move on to something else that's great. Even if it's a pastor that is being transitioned from one church to the next, it's like, what does that feel like? Like what, what kind of things are you struggling with and you're wrestling with internally um, that you know that other ministry leaders that have gone through a similar situation are struggling with, but nobody talks about. So that will come on a future podcast, maybe a ways down here. We don't have time for it today. Sorry, guys. Little teaser, but yeah. Yeah, I know it's fascinating. There, there's a hundred different things about how do we pass pass it off? What does it mean to pass pass on the vision? without necessarily passing on the execution. That's something that I learned yep. a lot this week. I'm like, this is how I would do it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're not going to be the one doing it. So we need to be the ones doing it. Don't tell us how, tell us why. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And why did it work? Not yep. how, you know what I mean? We'll yep. ask if we need the how, but it's neat to see um, It's neat to see Christ, the threat of Christ is what carries, carries in transition, right? Yep. Whether it's a pastor or anything like that, and there's a beauty... There's a beauty to that that sometimes our humanity chooses to ignore because we the devil comes in and it's like you just wasted the last nine years of your life. I'm like that's yeah. not that's not true. I say it with a question mark at the end. That's not <laughs> that's true. Not true. And then Jesus is like comes in with like this fierceness. Like Chris, you have dedicated yourself, good good and faithful servant. And I'm like yeah. th- thanks Jesus. I needed that <laughs> hug, man. Yeah, I needed absolutely. those emails, and it was yep. beautiful, beautiful punctuation. So I just I I know that. Uh, moving forward, like not only with what you said, like um, passing on the vision and whatnot, but also letting go. Like um, that's, that's going to be real hard. Um, and I, like I, I'm to watch you wrestle with that. Cause that's going to be something you're going to wrestle with um, for some time. For, for those who don't know, I will be remaining a parishioner at the church. It's literally, you know, a four minute drive away from my house. It's yep. our, it's our parish, you know? Yeah. And so I, I've and thought about are going to be a part of that program. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so will will I volunteer in the future? Like I want to, but maybe it'd be more prudent to allow my wife to. And then I'm teaching the first communion class because we've got a lot of kids, you know, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> but uh, but it's a fascinating thing. That transition is how do you go from being a key staff member at a parish yeah. to, to a parishioner? A parishioner to just a parishioner and that yeah. that's not a podcast that we are at all ready for no but maybe no. maybe six months from now yeah uh one of our podcast listeners will be like okay chris so what's up now you know what i mean time. now yeah. it's time yeah, yeah let's talk about that cool well guys thank you so much for joining us today let's continue this conversation online please send any feedback you have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with somebody and check in with someone. This was Matt and I checking in with how, how the Lord is stirring in our hearts right now. Check in with some other ministry leader because here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and spend some time in silence to see where the Lord is tugging on your heart. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. What were you laughing at right there at the end? Because I kind of finished the sentence like I was going to say another sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then I, was I was like, like I don't, I don't, I don't have another sentence, man. <laughs> <laughs>